Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Bite Size Podcast. I'm your host Clayton at Clates AFC on Twitter. Uh, I'm here to just have a very casual chat about the disappointing result yesterday, obviously getting knocked out of the FA Cup at home to Liverpool. Uh, three years on the trot since we've won the FA Cup that we've not really done great, to be honest. Obviously, got knocked out in the third round against Nottingham Forest in the the white kit that we wore yesterday. Um, I know a lot of people are superstitious about that. <laughs> um, I'm not a superstitious person, to be honest, so I don't really read into anything in that. But um, he obviously got knocked out to Forest in the third round a few years ago. Last year, got knocked out to Man City. I think that was like the fourth round, maybe. Uh, can't really remember. And then obviously yesterday, another third round exit at home to Liverpool. And um, I just wanted to do this because I feel like I've actually deleted my social media apps at the minute. Um, Partly because of general football Twitter and Arsenal Twitter being really annoying and full of fucking idiots, I think. Um, And yeah, I just feel like I find it easier to just kind of digest my own opinions, talk to my friends whose opinions I actually value um, and kind of digest football that way. Um, But I've had a dip in and bloody hell, it is World War Three out there. So um, I thought, let me let me just whack this on like 10, 15 minutes, see how we get on. Uh, Got a lot of thoughts in my head that I thought would be good to just talk through out loud, to be honest. So general feeling, obviously disappointed. Uh, I think we're getting to a stage as a club where we do need to just be looking at getting trophies Uh, and the FA Cup, in my opinion, is one where the level of our team uh, it should have been realistic for us to go on and actually win it Uh, obviously in the pecking order of what we would like to win it's probably lower down right now but uh, the league's looking tough and Champions League's a lottery right so you never know but so on one hand I'm really disappointed (sighs) on the other I just I look at that performance and I genuinely think we played really well and in my opinion, when you play that well, create that amount of chances, I'm not saying we deserve to win because end of the day, football is about finishing your chances. You can't say, oh, yeah, we deserve to win because we create chances. Like, no, you have to put the ball in the back of the net. So we didn't deserve to win, but I'm more looking at it. Like if we had a repeat of Fulham, then I'd be concerned. But for me, if the performance is good, like it's the whole kind of process and outcome thing right like if the process is good then the outcome can just be variance in my opinion i know i genuinely like, i know people aren't going to like this but my opinion is i genuinely think we're just going through one of the most horrendous unlucky variance patches i think i've ever seen a like, lot obviously in there there's been some shit from us um but i look at that performance yesterday and like even that first half specifically like the first 15 minutes i think it was like we were unbelievable the tempo the pressing they couldn't get out and uh, we had them pinned and like we were getting into areas where we should have been ruthless and i think this is my wider not concern but my wider feelings on things is i think as a team we are absolutely fantastic. Like I have no issues with the style of football. And I know people have been talking about, oh, we're predictable, this, that. I personally don't think we are. Um, I still think teams find it really hard to defend against us. And sure, it's taken us a while to get into our groove this season. But like I, I really do think the initial 11 this season was hinged so much on like, timber and the effect that had on 
us in possession and the way we were meant to play and then Havertz linked with that. Like I don't think it was Havertz assigned to be a left eight, Timber assigned to be an inverted left back. I don't think it was as simple as that. I really think we were going to evolve the whole style of play and we've had to adapt. And I'm not saying it's an excuse, but as a fan, you'd be stupid to just ignore that, right? Like the same way you have to kind of assess and uh, assess the team and say, yeah, like they they need to be doing better. I think you do need to acknowledge like there are things that have impacted the way we want to play this season. But anyway, I just think everyone's being so reactionary about like style of play. I'm seeing people talking about Arteta out and like, should he be getting a new contract? This And I'm like, what world are you living? Like we would not be where we are without him. Not a chance. Like he has put us at the, one of the highest tables in world football. And like, I think it will show in the Champions League this year. I really do. Like, there's no way we'd be here without him. Or I, I don't think there's any other manager that would get us to this level. And I get it. Like some people will say, and rightfully so, like, fair enough. Like he's got us to this level. And in some people's opinions, I don't agree with this. There's then another manager that can take us to the next level, which is like the actual winning. Tell me who that is. Because I, I really think Arteta is still that guy. And like, I, I don't even want to talk about this because I, I still don't get how it's a conversation. But anyway, my concerns is around the attacking group. And I said this in the summer. I believe Jesus, Martinelli, Saka as a trio, absolutely spot on. Like the balance of them three when they're fully fit, good momentum, well rested. I, I, I think for Arsenal Football Club and the way we want to play, I actually think that is one of the best trios you can get. The problem is I look at teams like Liverpool, City, and like you look at Liverpool with Diaz, Gakpo, Nunes, Salah, uh, someone else, Jota. I think people will obviously say, oh, you need five for three, five for three. But I don't think people understand the why. For me, it's about maximising freshness and maximising like how optimal your killers can be. And I think when you've got a front three, like Saka, Jesus, Martinelli, and then the drop-off is to a Nelson, a Smith-Rowe who's clearly not trusted, a Trossard who I don't think is anywhere near their level. I think Trossard, for me, would be a very good fifth attacker, like as a supplementary one. I still think we need a fourth top class, whether it's a centre-forward or another wide-forward. I just think we need another world-class attacking option because I think the minute you have someone like Saka who's looking like he's struggling at the minute. Someone like Martinelli, who's been going for a rough patch. You need to be able to take these guys out and have someone else come in that can maintain that same level, if not upgrade it. And then that's when you recharge and you reset your Martinelli's, your Sackers, and then they come back in and they're flying. And I think that's the thing that I'm really not frustrated with, but it's like, that's what's missing for me. And that's the why. I think everyone is like saying yeah yeah we need a ruthless number nine and I don't disagree but I think it's more to it than we just need someone to put the ball in the back of the net I think it's more about getting someone else in that can also maximize the output of everyone else by sharing the load I think it's just it's been a long time of like just really relying on this front three and like people in the summer were saying like Saka and Martinelli and there were a couple of others last year as well I want to say Odegaard maybe that like they were outperforming the XG and is it sustainable? And uh, I wasn't too concerned to be honest because I think as a team we get ourselves into really good areas enough. And I think when you're a better team and you get yourself into those areas on a more consistent, frequent basis, I think you are likelier to outperform your XG uh, anyway. But yeah, that's where I'm at on in terms of the group. And 
one thing I wanted to add as well, like I, I touched on this on the previous episode with Nima, but Arteta and Edu in All or Nothing spoke a lot about like this, I can't remember if it was called like a, a five-step or a five-stage plan in terms of where they wanted Arsenal to be. And let's just say when Arteta took over, it was like, yeah, stage one, whatever, like kill the awful culture, rebuild, like kill off all the deadwood, get in new blood and stuff. And let's... Basically, what I'm trying to say is they have been very vocal about them thinking that we are ahead of that schedule. And so if you're looking at it from a squad building perspective, like this summer, we obviously look to evolve our style of play. We got in someone like Timber Havertz to evolve that style of play. We got in like our, what's the word? Like my mind's gone blank, but that kind of big statement signing in Declan Rice, like our, this is our our cornerstone of the next five ten year project and i think in their heads like they're not idiots right like i think they know we need another top class attacking option uh and you look at uh, we we did try to go and sign a rafinha i can't remember when that was like 18 months ago two years ago so they're not blind to it but i think in this in the squad building plan that has probably been earmarked for the next summer and they're probably looking at 24, 25 when we have, like, in air quotes, the complete squad. Because you do look at our squad right now, and, I, okay, just pretend everyone's fit for a minute, right? I think if we had a fully fit squad, I don't think there'd be as much outcry, to be honest. And I don't think we'd struggle. I know a lot of the injuries are defensive and in midfield, but that does have a knock-on effect in all areas of the pitch. And I think if we had everyone fully fit, I don't think there'd be such a big outcry. and meltdown to be honest i do think we've been quite unlucky and so take the defensive injuries as an example i know we're talking about attacking uh, offensive stuff that we're struggling with but you look at villa away if tommy asu's fit if timber's fit you think we lose that i don't think so same with anfield if tommy asu's there if timber's there i, I think it's a completely different game so i do think even though they're defensive and with party midfield injuries i do think it has a knock-on impact on everything else around the team but granted the pressing issue in front of us right now is we are, well, it's happened a few times where we're creating enough chances to win the game and we're not putting the ball in the back of the net. And that's where I think it's a combination of we need a killer up top who, can, when you're in that final third, he can sniff something out and just absolutely kill it. Uh, like, I don't want to pick on the guy because uh, I actually thought he was okay yesterday, but Havertz, like yesterday when the ball ricocheted and uh, he's running through and he tried to pass it through to Nelson, I think that's when, like I said, I'm not picking on Havertz. It's just the first example that came to my head. I think when you've got a killer up front in that attacking group, that's bank goal. They t Killers turn half chances into goals. And my mate yesterday, Andrew, he uh, made a really good point, which again, not a, a, a lot of people are not going to like, but imagine prime Robin Van Persie in this team. I think we'd walk the league. And that's what I think we need to add to the attacking group. Even like you look at that, someone played a really cute um, diagonal ball in behind the lines, uh, in, in behind Liverpool's defensive line to Saka, and he's running through. I think he needed to pass that straight into Havertz. And that's what I'm talking about. I think usually Saka's decision-making is absolutely spot on, but I can't help but think that this guy is just running into the ground. And I think, just you saw it a bit with Martinelli yesterday. You take him out of the team for a bit. Look at him when he came on. Okay, granted, after that period of like two, three really good dribbles, he didn't have a huge impact. But you could see there was like a different level of hunger and burst in him. And yeah, I, I'm broken, 
broken record with this, but I, just, I really feel like the attacking group is light in terms of quality. And I think someone like, I don't think Nelson's good enough. Uh, I'll go player by player uh, and do the summaries. I know everyone's saying like he had a fantastic game. I'm not quite on board with that, if I'm being honest. Um, and then I think someone like Trossard needs to be a fifth attacker. I think I think we just need a fourth top class one. And then I think if you get that fourth top class one, someone like a Trossard actually becomes quite useful because, yeah, then there's less reliance on him to be as good as we need him to be. And you can supplement other things. But anyway, going player by player. Uh, Ramsdale, again, people aren't going to like this. I think he, every time he plays, I think he shows why uh, he's not our number one. Uh, I'm not saying I think David Raya is the right upgrade, but I think it's crystal clear Ramsdale is not good enough to be Arsenal Football Club's number one if we want to compete for the Premier League and the Champions League consistently. And I said that in the summer as well. I thought he could be upgraded. Fair play. To, like, I'm going to focus on a positive. Like One of his balls to Nelson quite early on, absolutely unbelievable. And that's obviously what we know what he's got in him. But Jim, I ask you to please pay attention closely when he plays when he does certain actions and just watch Arteta and you will get the answer on why there were certain actions in the game where we had the ability to pass the ball short and he just pings it and that's that is what we're trying to evolve away from we're trying to become a team that keeps the ball all the time and any sense of nervousness he hoofs it and then you look at the goal and I'm sorry like I know he's a fan favorite I like him as a bloke I really respect that interview he did and everything he's been through, obviously. But I think it's crystal clear, personally, why he has been upgraded. But I will stand, uh, not stand, but I will also acknowledge I don't think we've got the upgrade correct necessarily yet. But I really, in my eyes, it's crystal clear why we've gone in and uh, tried to upgrade him personally. Uh, just flying through the back four, Ben White. Uh, nothing to write home about. He went for a period where he turned into like Trent Alexander-Arnold, didn't he? He was like pinging balls out to Martinelli. Like, inch perfect. It was unbelievable. I think when he's defending sometimes, he um he kind of gives like a yard too much space when he's 1v1. Um, but yeah, in general, I thought I thought he was okay. Uh, Saliba, Gabriel, fine. Like, handled their physical battles really well. It was really interesting defensively. Like, we were so aggressive in our press like man to man even Jorginho was like so high up the pitch and Gabriel was quite often marking I think it was like the right eight and Gakpo uh, man marking when Liverpool were trying to build out so I found that quite interesting Saliba really good he's a after his yellow I actually thought he had a I think he lost the plot a little bit like lost the plot's harsh but I, I thought his decision making was a little bit suspect after but uh, before that I thought he was phenomenal like foot races jewels uh, passing between the lines really good Kivio, unlucky with the own... Oh, I say unlucky. I think he has to do better there. Also, I don't know if I said this for the goal, but what the fuck was Ramsdale doing? Like, this is what I mean. Like, I know Raya probably does the same mistake, but if Ramsdale's really trying to claim this as his number one, like, you, you either stay on your line and you save that, or you come and you collect. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, but anyway, Kivio, I can't work out if he was unlucky or not. I feel like if you're that tall and the ball's in that area like you have to like get your forehead on it like you can't be get hitting it with the back of your head like he did and into the net and general performance i get like white it was fine nothing to write home about uh, i i just i like kivio and i think he has a lot of potential but the way some people talk about him you think we've got fucking like 
Paolo Maldini in the line. Like, I've never quite got the hype that everyone else raves about, to be honest. And I, I have a theory that a lot. So there was that fake quote that did the the rounds, right? It wasn't fake. It was just misread. Arteta supposedly said Kivio was going to redefine the way we play, which turned out to be a, a misquote. I think a lot of people just got hung up on that quote, even though it turned out to be fake. And it's like, you know, when you plant a seed in your head and they just wedded to that, I think a lot of people were just got wedded into that. Like they believe this guy is going to evolve into something amazing for this team. But I just think he's a good squad option. Nothing more, nothing less. Uh, n- nothing to write home about, in my opinion, but I'm happy we've got him as part of the squad. Uh, be good to see him in his natural position as like a left centre-back in some games because uh, he has done uh, pretty good when he's played there, I think. Uh, midfield three, I thought Odegaard was good. I uh, thought this was a better performance. Rice, Rice <laughs> wins the ball at ease. Uh, I thought Jorginho was good, you know. I thought him and Rice linked up quite nicely in periods, like the way they manoeuvred around the centre of the pitch, creating overloads and stuff. And uh, yeah, creating overloads and then uh, vacating another option for someone else. I thought they moved the ball quite nicely. Uh, front three, so Saka, I thought he was poor. Um, poor may be harsh, but... Like I said, when he was played in in behind, I thought like he um, he either has to go on and make a goal himself there, or I think he had to play in Havertz straight away. And I I personally think he should have done that. I think if he gets his head up, plays in Havertz, he's in. It's a one v one, which Havertz probably misses. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think he had a poor game to be honest. And uh, yeah, hopefully this little rest, this uh, winter break of just over a week, does us good. Um, Nelson, like I said, I. I saw some people say he was unbelievable. I wasn't quite on that. I thought he was extremely predictable in everything he did. I think every like two, three times he picked up the ball. Trent showed him on the outside and went on the outside, lost the ball. I think there were a few times he came too far central when he needed to hold the width, like Martinelli did when he came on. Martinelli held the width, white pinged it out. We had a 1v1. I think Nelson got dragged in too centrally, in my opinion. Um, there were periods where he did some really nice things, moved the ball well, like progressed the ball up the field through carrying. But I, I thought it was a more average performance than people are letting on, in my opinion. And uh, I don't think he's good enough. Really don't think he's good enough. I, if, I've seen some of the numbers flying around what Arsenal fans, Arsenal fans think we'll get up for him. I don't think it'll be anything near, but I would happily cash in, replace his uh, spot in the squad um with a better attacker that suits the group and then Havertz uh Havertz is a player I'm really struggling to make my mind up on and even yesterday I can't work out if he had a good game or not I feel like he was in good positions often but how he's come away from that game without a goal return whether that's a goal or assist I'm not really sure and even like they're just there's certain actions when on the ball I look at him and he just looks really uncomfortable. Like he just doesn't look like a when I say a footballer, that sounds harsh, but he just doesn't look comfortable with the ball. He obviously we know his strengths is off the ball and stuff, but no, do you know what? Let me focus on the positives. I thought he, he stretched them really well, ran the channels nicely, held the ball up when he needed to every now and then. But there are certain actions I think he just had to do a lot better. And there was another one where I can't remember specifically what happened, but I feel like Liverpool lost the ball or we won the ball quite high up. The ball ricochets into Havertz and he's, he was fairly central. And he just had to 
get the ball out and either smack it or play it quicker. And it's like he just dilly dallies too long, and then the and then he went wide, and it was a bit of a crap shot. The header from the corner, like I think that's a hard chance, but I think he has to hit the target with that. Uh, what was the other one? Yeah, when the we won the ball up and he runs in and he tried to. He, it was a good pass into Nelson, uh, and then Nelson was unlucky to get blocked there. But even then, like I feel like he didn't really get his head up. Like if he looked high, if he looked up quicker, Saka was probably in a better position to have an open goal. Um, and on Saka, there was a couple of times as well where I think it was Havertz. We worked the ball quite nicely from a free kick. Havertz dinked it in, good ball uh, into Saka, and he just mishit it went over there was another one when the ball fell to Saka and I I can't work out if he was trying to shoot or play it back into someone centrally but kind of shinned it over the bar and I just think like you look at this and it's just it would be more concerning for me if we were a team that weren't getting these chances and getting into these areas to make something happen but there's only so long you can keep saying that so if this is something that keeps happening then yeah I think it will be concerning but at the moment, I'm still putting it down to variance and just an unlucky day at the office yesterday, to be honest. Like if you say you're going to concede an own goal and then a 95th minute counter, like I, I literally think that's unlucky. But like I said at the start, I don't think I don't want to get into this habit of saying we deserve to win because I don't think we did. I think we played well and we put ourselves in a position to probably win the game more, like more often than not. But at the end of the day, football is about taking your chances and you can't just say, oh, we played well, we deserve to win. No, not quite on board with that. Uh, who were the subs? Yeah, subs were interesting. Martinelli for Nelson, I I was happy with. Um, I know a lot of people was talking about taking off Saka, but I would rather keep an out-of-form Saka on the pitch than what I saw of Nelson, if I'm being honest. And I know that's going to be unpopular. Uh, I just thought Nelson was flashy but ineffective. And I think people are buying into that because it's different. Uh, Martinelli, when he, when he came on, really, really good uh, for a phase anyway. Like, yeah, he always has Trent on toast, doesn't he? But really, really good and injected a lot of urgency into our play. What I then found interesting was the uh, the subs. Like, <sighs> we obviously needed a goal and uh, Liverpool made a few... When did Liverpool make their changes? Oh, bear with me. I've got it in front of me. So Liverpool... Made a couple of changes on 59th minute. Jota and Gravenberg came on for Gakpo and McAllister. But then on the 75th minute, they took off Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones and brought on two youngsters in Connor Bradley and Bobby Clark. And my brain just went straight away to make a change and kill them now. Like, they've they've shown their cards. Go and play them now. Because they were there for the taking with those changes. And the change only came... The changes, sorry, only came after the own goal. And that's what frustrated me a bit. I felt like, it, I know it was a matter of five minutes, but five minutes in a game of that magnitude is actually a really long time. And I think if we reacted straight away to those subs and proactively changed something to try and target those youngsters, I really think something could have gone different momentum-wise. And then, yeah, the the, the subs are, uh, well, and, and Ketia came on for Jorginho. Uh, straight after that goal, which even that, like I thought, like I said, I thought Jorginho and Rice played really well, but when it got to the 75th minute and Liverpool made those subs, I don't, I didn't think we needed that double pivot anymore. I think go for it. Uh, and then in the 88th minute, kitchen sink time, Kivior and Havertz went off for Smithrow and Trossard, and uh, 
yeah, again, neither really had anything to do, nor much time to do anything. And uh, brings on to a really good point. And uh, yeah, good morning, Blue Danube Joe. Hope you're good, mate. Uh, why didn't Emil Smithrow have more playing time in the last few matches for Arsenal? Uh, just to freshen things up. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I really don't know. Uh, it's quite a weird one. The only thing I could... Everything we know of Arteta, it just strikes me as what he's seeing in training probably isn't good enough. That's all I can uh, assume it is, to be honest. But, yeah, and I guess if you're not performing in training, then you probably don't deserve a chance, right? But that's an assumption from my part. Everything we're saying about Smith-Rowe is based on two years ago, and we don't know if he's showing that level from two years ago in training or not. So that's my assumption on what it is, but don't know. It is, it is a bit frustrating, but yeah that was a little rundown of uh how i feel about the game uh where we're at squad wise i don't think we'll do much in the transfer window i do think we'll get a couple in i do think we'll get a defender and a de and an, uh, and an attacker in but i think it'll probably be something like maneuvering the transfer market i don't think we'll go and splash i think it'll be like a loan uh or yeah, something smart, like a swap deal or something. I feel like we're going to have to be quite clever to get something done. But I do think they will get something. But in terms of wider context of everything that's going on, sure, it is really upsetting we're out of the FA Cup because it was a genuine chance at silverware. We've obviously been knocked out of the Carabao Cup. We've gone on an awful run in the league recently. It's not looking great, but I'm still measured and calm. I, I really think this season in the league, I think it's going to go back to what it used to be in terms of points tallies required to win the league. I think 82 to 86 points might win the league this year. I think Liverpool will go on and lose a couple of random games somewhere because as amazing as they are offensively, defensively, I still think they can be had at. Man City, I still think, will lose a couple of games. And I really think, like, maybe this is biased because, like, of course, we have the ability to do what's happened to us recently and go and slip up but I really think the style of play we play out of all three teams is actually the most sustainable at accumulating points I really believe that and I think if you get a Thomas Party back if you get a Tommy Yasu back Timber if we're lucky if we can get him back for the running if we do get a couple of decent to high quality bodies in in January to beef out the squad I think we have the ability to really go on a run. You know those runs that City always go on? I really think we have the ability to do that. I really think we've just had a horrendously unlucky patch finishing-wise. And in terms of the Fulham game, I think you, like these players can just have a bad day at the office. It happens. I'd be more concerned if that was happening all the time. Like I said at the start of the season, I was concerned with the style of play. I believe that's been revised and worked on now because there was a period like Wolves, Brighton, where we looked absolutely phenomenal. Liverpool away, we um, played a different style, but it was effective. Yesterday, we were phenomenal. So I, I think it's OK. It's disappointing we're knocked out of two competitions where we can win a trophy, but I don't think the league is done. And I, I say, I've said this since early. I think the way we're, the way we are set up I think it suits Champions League football over two legs to a T. I really do. And if we can have some a bit more injury luck, I really don't think this season is done and doom and gloom. I really think if we can get an attacking person in to supplement the group, 
Uh, and yeah, like Blue Danube Joe says, yeah, Joe, I basically said the uh, the same thing earlier in the episode. Saka needs a quality player who can afford him some valuable resting time now and then in his position. Exactly that. Look at what City do. Look at what Liverpool do. It's about maintaining the level of quality, but also like rejuvenating your key players. So I think that's what we need to get to. But yeah, mate, let me know what you think, guys. Like I, uh, I am a glass half full kind of person, but as disappointed as I am that we're knocked out of two competitions as a chance for silverware, I really don't think this season is as doom and gloom as everyone else is making it. I really don't. I still think we have a fair shot at the league and I think we can surprise a few in the Champions League. I really, really do. It's just about injury luck and can we get in the right people in January? But yeah, that's a, that's all from me. It went a little bit longer than I thought it would, but uh, nice little break for Arsenal now. I think it'll be a much needed one before we go to uh, go to we, we host Palace at home uh, in a couple of weeks' time. And I can finally announce what this uh, new content stream is going to be uh, that I've been banging on about. So we're going to be doing a little series uh, in addition to all of these game week reviews and previews that we do. Uh, but we're going to start a new series called the Arsenal Archives. And it's an idea that I've had for a while from just speaking to match-going Arsenal fans where I'm going to interview a few uh, match-going Arsenal fans. You may know some of them, you may not know some of them, uh, about like a memorable day out following the Arsenal. It will tend to be away games, there may be the odd cup final in there, but the general feel of what that podcast is going to be is more like a general chat with a fellow Arsenal fan talking about a great day out watching our great football club and it will be a bit more of like a yeah an environmental thing like what was the atmosphere like there I feel like these are more tactical right like we want to talk we want to do a stream and a series where it's more like feeling based and describing a great day out and stuff and like I've had many myself like being at all of the FA Cup finals that we won uh, under Wenger uh, from 2014 to 17. So like, I'm sure that will come up. But the first episode is going to be on Wednesday. Uh, it's with a good mate of mine. His name's Finn. Uh, a few of you may follow him on Twitter. His name's uh, at FinnAFC on Twitter, I think. But he's a proper match-going fan. I think he missed, like, home and away. I think he missed one game last season. And he's had some great day outs, uh, days out. So uh, I won't spoil it with what uh arsenal match we're going to talk about but yeah that will be on wednesday time i think will be it will be between 2 or 4 p.m between 2 and 4 p.m so uh, i'll tweet that out but yeah let me know what you guys think about that as a content idea but that's something that we're hoping to do like maybe once a month once a fortnight depending what the appetite is for that but i think it'll be quite nice something a bit different just talking about something memorable uh following the arsenal so yeah i will leave you with that uh blue danube joe thanks a lot for tuning in mate hope you have a great day and for everyone else that's catching up on the podcast uh yeah let me know what you think uh and also i know we did touch on this in the previous uh, previous episode but thank you very much we did hit our 200 subscribers before the new year was out uh, that was something that we didn't realize we were so close to. So that's why we were pushing it quite a lot. And that was an, a nice little way to start the year. So uh, thank you very much as always. And yeah, if you liked this little ramble from me, uh, please give the stream a little like. It helps us a lot. And if you're new here and you enjoyed it and you want to see more of this sort of stuff, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes and future new content streams like I just mentioned. But yeah, that's all from me. Thanks a lot, guys. It is not doom and gloom. We'll be back. We'll bounce back. Up the Arsenal.